the La Crosse Public Library Archives presents Dark Lacrosse Stories, a series in collaboration with the La Crosse Tribune. Dark Lacrosse is a suite of programs that feature the seedier side of lacrosse history and also include a downtown walking tour, a trolley tour, and an annual stage production with new content each year. said to me, why don't you take a wife? You'll never know true happiness till you've tried married life. I found a girl and bought the ring, got married right away. I wouldn't change my place with any single man today. I'm glad I married. My wife is a dream. Mends your clothes and treats you right. Let's me stay out late at night. Don't have to sneak home or tell her where I was. She just says, Good evening, dear. Yes, she does. In the 1890s, record-keeping was painfully slow, while Silver Tongue Con men operated with astonishing rapidity. However, when they are caught, it's big news. In 1895, I wrote an article for the Chicago Times that was syndicated all over the country, including right here in La Crosse. Bigamy is the act of going through a marriage ceremony while already married to another person. Several practitioners of the act lived in La Crosse. One made kind of a career of it. His name was Charles Jones. And in 1895, my newspaper heralded him as the boss bigamist of the United States, claiming he had a wife in every state. He had dark brown hair and eyes, and his mustache was tinged with streaks of gray. He was illiterate, but possessed an innate ability to woo and charm women, especially those with considerable wealth. Jones had a home and a wife on the north side of La Crosse. He worked with horses and would give riding lessons. By the winter of 1895, Scorned and now broke women from New York to Chicago had formed a united front to bring the lech to justice. The Times article gave the names of several of Jones's wives and the amount of money he took from each before leaving them. In several instances, that amount reached up to around $3,000. Jones was not the only man who flirted with bigamy and lacrosse. In 1916, another was exposed. My dear, what's wrong? My my husband just passed away this week. Oh, you poor thing. I know the pain you are going through. Believe it or not, I just lost my husband, too, on Sunday of a heart attack. He was only 48 years old. Really? Well, well so was my husband. My husband was a great singer, and he ran a saloon here in town. 
Well, so did my husband. He was the owner of the German village on 4th and J. No, that can't be right. My husband was the owner of the German village. Wait, what's your husband's name? Robert Barschenfeld? What? Who are you? Robert Barschenfeld died on July 16, 1916. The next day, the La Crosse Tribune heralded his life's accomplishments. Owner and operator of the German Village Saloon, member of the Frozen Singing Society, the 3rd and 8th Ward Aid Societies, and a member of the Eagles Fraternal Brotherhood. Soon after his demise, it was discovered that Robert Barschenfeld had led a double life for nearly 20 years. While the dramatization we just presented seems unlikely, we don't really know how the news of this broke. Barschenfeld lived at 1021 Jackson Street here in La Crosse with his wife and three children. Upon his death, it was discovered he had three wives. Now wife number one, who lived in Chicago, was contesting wife number three in La Crosse for control of the estate. Wife number two was reported to be an interested spectator in the following court proceedings. The value of the estate was considered modest, around $2,000. In the end, wife number three would emerge from the scuffle triumphant with a judge declaring wife number three and the three children here in La Crosse heirs to the estate in 1922 or what was left of it after a $1,000 payment to wife number one. In assisting patrons with genealogy research, we in the archives often help people discover new information about family and ancestors. A lot of focus tends to be on the last two decades of the 19th century and the first two decades of the 20th century. There is a good reason for this. This is the period in which record keeping became much more consistent and reliable. Most amateur genealogists very easily make it back the three to four generations of their family to this period because birth, marriage, and death records whether documented by a local government entity such as the county, by their local church, or their local newspaper, are fairly straightforward, relatively clear, and made easily accessible online through services such as Ancestry or FamilySearch. Going back further than this almost always poses a challenge, mostly because of the scarcity of official records to track as well as the regular use of very common names or aliases. The further back you go, the more localized the record keeping becomes, and the more susceptible those paper records were to destruction by such things as fading, mold, or fire. 
This means that in the case of such stories as you just heard regarding bigamy allegations, there often was and still is no way of proving whether marriages and divorces were ever official or legal. This is not even taking into consideration the lack of quick and easy communication between churches or government entities to confirm marriage or divorce eligibility. Local registrars simply had no other choice but to trust the information people gave on official documents. So we get stories like Robert Barschenfeld, and we wonder how it could be that he was possibly married to three women at once. This story, as it turns out, simply boiled down to legal claims on his estate upon his death in 1916 in La Crosse. He married wife number one, Minnie, in Chicago in 1892, and she claimed that he deserted her in 1899, leaving behind two young children, but never officially divorced her. This was news to his current spouse in La Crosse, wife number three, Mamie, who had been happily married to Robert for several years. He had married wife number two, Anna, in 1901, and legally and clearly divorced her in 1910. She was the interested spectator to the court proceedings mentioned in the story. Wife number one, Minnie in Chicago, ultimately accepted a $1,000 settlement from the estate, but not before alleging that Robert had been in communication with her and her now-grown children continuously throughout his other two marriages, unbeknownst to wife number two or three. Because of the settlement, the legality of his multiple divorces and marriages was never adjudicated. Charles Jones, on the other hand, first reported upon by the Chicago Times and picked up by local lacrosse newspapers, was the real deal when it came to malicious illegal bigamy, though follow-up reporting was pretty sparse. The February 1895 Chicago Times article reported his home base as lacrosse, but the local papers noted that he hadn't been seen here since the summer of 1894. The Chicago Times reported that in his travels around the country, he would pick out a woman of wealth and after marrying her, would either transfer assets into his name or outright steal them before disappearing. He did this numerous times, though the Times reporting of a, quote, wife in every state of the union is almost certainly exaggeration. He used multiple aliases and in several instances absconded with over $1,000, a sum equal to roughly $32,000 today. The story broke when a Mrs. Howard of Chicago learned of the multiple wives around the country. Upon being deserted herself by Jones, she was able to convince local authorities to issue a warrant for his arrest. He was arrested in Indianapolis, but disappeared once he was out on bail. According to the Times reporting, descriptions and pictures of Jones were sent far and wide around the country. The addresses of, quote, over a score, unquote, of women to whom he had been married in the last two years were obtained and depositions and sworn affidavits were prepared to be used by the prosecution if he was captured. This ambitious plan was undertaken at the advice of Lacrosse's chief of police, who sent the following letter to Mrs. Howard in Chicago. Dear Madam, I will say that Charles Jones is well known here and has an extensive record. I am sorry to hear that he has served you as he did 20 or 30 other women throughout the country. For 15 years, his game has been to go around and marry girls and women and rob them of their money and then skip out. I do not think that you can prosecute him unless you can get some of the other victims to cooperate with you. He ought to be landed behind prison bars, and anything I can do to assist you will be cheerfully done. The February 1895 Chicago Times article ended with notice that he was last seen in New York State just three days prior, having followed through with another sham marriage and disappearance. As far as we know, Jones was never apprehended. It is unknown whether he ever returned to the cross. Thanks for listening. <laughs>